Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Three Science Experiments You Can Do With Your Phone by Rhett Alain Everyone already knows that you are carrying around a computer in your pocket, but your smartphone is more than just a computer. It's also a data collector. I'm going to guess that yours can measure acceleration, magnetic field, sound, location, and maybe more. Many phones also can measure pressure. Oh, and some phones can even make phone calls. With all of those sensors available, I'm going to go over three fun experiments you can do with your phone. These will probably work on just about any smartphone, and you can probably use a variety of apps to collect the data. For these examples, I'm going to stick with Firefox. There have been lots of data-collecting apps, but this one is the best I've seen lately. Also, it's free and runs on both iOS and Android. Get a small ball. Actually, the size doesn't really matter. There are only two things that the ball needs to do for this experiment. It needs to bounce, and it needs to make a noise when it hits the table, or whatever surface it hits. That's it. Now, start up your Firefox app and open up the experiment file in Elastic Collision. Place your phone near the location that the ball will hit the surface, so that the microphone can pick up the sound. Start recording and drop the ball. The app then records all of the times the ball hits the ground. It's pretty cool. The app also uses the time between bounces to calculate the bounce height. I suppose the calculation assumes you are on the surface of the Earth with a vertical acceleration of 9.8 meters per second squared. Just for fun, we'll plot a bounce height versus bounce number for a small metal ball bouncing on a lab table. Now, that data is super simple to collect. You can explore the relationship between initial drop distance and bounce height for a wide variety of balls. What changes for each successive bounce? Does it lose the same height or the same energy? In case you are curious, this is something I looked at some time ago. Although it's fun to come up with your own experimental method to determine the speed of sound, here's a method that works fairly well using two smartphones. You need to run something that will act as an acoustic stopwatch. Firefox has one. The acoustic stopwatch is just like a normal timer. The only difference is that it starts and stops the timing based on a loud sound, like a clap. So here is how this experiment works. 
take two phones and put them a known distance apart. I used my 12-foot tape measure to set the distance. Further is better, but both phones need to be able to hear the same sounds. Let's call these two phones phone A and phone B. Next, someone needs to clap next to phone A to start both timers. Of course, since phone B is a little farther away, it will start slightly later. After some short time interval, doesn't really matter, someone claps next to phone B, stopping both phones, but stopping phone B first. Here's how it works. Phone B starts a little bit later, as I said. Now, when the clap is near phone B, it essentially stops right on time. However, phone A starts late because of the distance sound has to travel. The two phones record two different time intervals. The difference between these time intervals is the time for sound to travel from A to B and back from B to A. Now for the calculation. The speed of sound will just be twice the measured distance between the two phones, for there and back sound, divided by the difference in time intervals. Now here's my data. With a distance of 12 feet, 3.66 meters, and the two time intervals of 2.047 seconds and 2.029 seconds, I get a sound speed of about 407 meters per second. This is wrong, but only slightly wrong. The accepted value for the speed of sound should be around 343 meters per second. Depends on temperature of the air and stuff. But I'm okay with my value. It was just a quick setup. I think you could play around with this and see if you could get an even better answer. What if you did it outside with a greater distance and louder noise? That would be fun to try. Yes, I know the previous two phone experiments used the microphone, and even a traditional analog phone has a microphone. But what about a barometer that measures the atmospheric pressure? Yes, many smartphones now have this sensor. The reason is probably to help the GPS to get a better location. The GPS doesn't do as well with altitude, so the barometer gives a little better reading based on the change in air pressure. But this change in air pressure can also be used while you take a ride up or down in an elevator. I've done this before in a nice elevator, but I decided to do it in a crappy two story elevator too. Using the Firefox app, it records the change in pressure and with that calculates the height as a function of time. It also records data from the accelerometer to calculate the velocity as a function of time. Assume the elevator starts from rest. Just knowing the height of the building is pretty cool, but how about a homework problem for you? Use the position time data to calculate the elevator velocity and compare that to the velocity from the acceleration data. They probably won't give the same results since the barometer doesn't give pressure readings super fast, but it will still be fun. Are there more experiments? Of course. But that's enough to get you started for now. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.